0: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com/slash metaverse impact.
1: So what are you supposed to do between each end gadget podcast? Wait in silence? I'm Matt Smith and every morning I walk through the day's biggest tech stories. It's short, relevant and ready for listening whenever you wake up. Find Engadget Morning Edition wherever you find your podcasts or ask your smart speaker for the latest news from Engadget. What's up internet and welcome back to the Engadget podcast. I'm senior editor Devendra Hardwar.
0: I'm reviews editor Sherlyn Lowe.
1: And today we're going to be talking about the first major flagship phone of the year. Samsung's Galaxy S20 Ultra, which Sherlyn has been hiding from me <laughs> because she wants she wants the full like live impression of me holding this monstrosity.
0: I want the full Davindry action. Davindra hard war action. So we're going to talk about that that.
1: a lot today. Yeah, it's a mighty big phone from what we're seeing. As always, if you're enjoying the show, please subscribe to us on iTunes or your podcast catcher of choice. Leave us a review. That's really helpful. Just tells us people are actually enjoying the show. And if you want to drop us an email, just shoot a note to podcast at ingadget.com. So, Sherlyn, we got, what, three, four? No, we got four mm-hmm. phones from Samsung this year. We're going to talk a little about the number of Samsung <laughs> phones, but the one we have for review now is the, the creme de la creme, the highest-end model, the S20 Ultra, So I know you and Chris Velasco talked about this two weeks ago. What are your impressions now that you've had some time with it?
0: I didn't spend that much time with it during the hands-on. But now that I've had it for about a week god my arm hurts like my (laughs) fingers so it sounds wrong wait
1: Um, (laughs) well the thing is like you've also I I remember Shalin's talking about how much she's been working out lately and is it just for (laughs) just for these massive phones is that it yeah yeah
0: I can I cannot forearm plank but I can bench press a Galaxy S20 Ultra and I'm pretty proud of that um I'm about to hand it over to you Devendra hold this in your hand and tell me what you think
1: I'm taking the phone Ugh. So, this thing feels, um, it definitely feels like a phablet. It feels top-heavy. It feels too thick. I don't, I have, you know, pretty decently sized jean pockets. I don't think I'll be able to fit this into my pocket. They'll
0: they'll fit, but it'll peek out. Like, the top will peek out.
1: This is... Okay, this is basically a tablet, right?
0: It's a 6.9-inch screen, which, mm-hmm. depending on your definition, may or may not be a phablet, if we're using that well, word. Well, it's definitely a phablet, yeah. but
1: yeah. I um, mean,
0: back in the day when Gal- uh, Samsung was doing, like, Galaxy Megas or something like that, the 7-inch screen was the size to mm-hmm. record. So, I, I mean, this is too big for me. For sure. Like you will see on our review video uh, by the time this podcast is out that like I struggle to type one-handed <laughs> at all. I couldn't reach across the screen to get yeah. to the letter Q or the number one. um, and, and then the one-handed design for the software doesn't really work at all either. And so there's, if you want to use this phone, you're not going to use it one-handed in the subway. You're going to have to God,
1: like, no, use both no. hands. So I, I have pretty large hands. I'm holding it one-handed now. I can basically hit like the middle of the phone and some of the bottom. But yeah, everything, the, basically the top half is... Unreachable. This this is a monstrosity, and as for its thickness, it feels like almost two normal phones squished Mm -hmm. together. And the battery bump is the camera bump bump is just horrendous. Like every every. Okay, (laughs) so this is something I noticed too. Like, um, I was on vacation last week, Mm -hmm. and I was basically getting ready to leave uh, as you guys were at the Samsung event. Yeah. But from what I saw from these phones, they're all ugly. They're all very basic, very ugly, very rectangular. Like Whatever like little bit of design flourishes Samsung has had over the past couple of years have basically disappeared. It's, and it's, yeah, yeah. It
0: feels like they took a step back with the S20 series in terms of design because I think one of the key yeah. features of the S20s is that across the lineup, they all support 5G. And right, right. it's both sub-six and millimeter-wave sub-5G, so all carriers and all forms of technologies that eventually roll out will be supported. But the thing with 5G is that you need so much more space to add in the different antenna. Especially and very with, big antennas Yeah, too, especially right? with millimeter wave, you need like a dual array at least. Mm-hmm. So you're going to need a lot more room. And I think that to accommodate that, these phones got a little... Slightly chunkier, they lost some sleekness.
1: Bigger batteries too, right? So you have the the very big batteries to support the fact that five G is a battery draining technology right now.
0: That's the idea. I think that Samsung is kind of couching with the battery. So on the S twenty Ultra, we have a five thousand milliamp hour battery going down the line. You have forty five hundred milliamp hour and a four thousand milliamp hour. So yeah, sizable like compared to the past. Mm -hmm. Definitely, we used to
1: think like three three thousand milliamps was you know was bad. Yeah. was was like a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah. but nowadays mm-hmm. like the norm is around 33 to 3500. So this is a big step up.
1: So basically what we're seeing I think is a major design change because of 5G. I mean just a couple of years ago when we were looking at 5G demo devices, they had giant antennas sticking out right. from behind, you know, super thick phones and tablets. So the idea that, you know, we, I think for a while we've just got a sense, like, oh, man, th- this tech is really powerful and will give us tremendous bandwidth. But the antenna problem is something we're going to have to deal with. This phone reminds me of uh, when I first saw the HTC Thunderbolt in, like, Man, you love 2011. throwing out
0: these names I don't know.
1: God. Okay, <laughs> so when Sherlin was in preschool, yep, when you. LTE was coming up, right, the the Thunderbolt, um, you must have seen this phone. Come on. like It, it sounds was... like a
0: doggie. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: It was the first Android or one of the first Android um, phones to support LTE. Okay, and cool. it was a big honkin' thing. I believe it even had a kickstand. It Damn. was huge. It was thick. It had very poor battery life. And these phones just feels like you know we're back in that time where this this new uh yeah, yeah this new network tech is coming up. You're gonna have to throw a, have to throw a big battery in there. I feel like. Um, just based on what I've seen from your hands-ons and everything, it seems like these are the 5G phones, the first ones people may want to get. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think a lot of people may be better off with older ones. But, what, yeah, give us some more specifics on what you've seen with this phone.
0: So, I mean, I can get a little bit more into just, like, 5G today in the real world because I, with testing this phone, I want to test out what 5G is like. So our unit came with Verizon service. Uh, that's what I requested anyway. And I, you know. Verizon,
1: our owner, Our owner,
0: by the way. I just, I don't know, it's easier to...
1: I'm just going to just look around. No one, no one's I'm paying attention to us? Okay, okay yeah. we're good.
0: Uh, Yeah, disclaimer, they're our owner, but they don't have any say over what we think
1: uh-huh. and do,
0: editorially anyway. Verizon's coverage in New York City right now isn't as widespread as you would imagine. And I had a hard time hunting them down. The map just doesn't look like it's super, you know, widespread. And
1: this is just in New York City or...
0: New York City, like, yeah. there was not, in, not much in Jersey City where I live, unfortunately. <laughs> um, and compare it to the map of, say, T-Mobile, which I'm looking at right now. It just, T-Mobile looks like it's really swathed the entire state mm-hmm. with with the 5G service. Uh, whether or not it's the exact same, whether it's, you know, their sub-six or the um, ultra white band stuff. I can't tell from their map, yeah. but it definitely looks like Verizon needs some work there.
1: That, that is the advantage of relying on sub is that you can kind of just spread you your connection a bit better. like Like we're used to with cellular connections.
0: Yeah. Hun- hunting down service on millimeter wave was like a challenge because they also tell you like we've uh, we've lit up spots near uh, tourist destinations or landmarks like the Empire State Building or Madison Square Garden. Go uh-huh. there, and I'm like, I don't want to be caught with a million tourists trying to test out five G. No, no, it was confusing for me because as someone who studies five G a little bit, I know there's a difference between sub six and millimeter wave, and so I was hunting down spots yeah. specifically with millimeter wave. Can we
1: go over those differences just real quick?
0: Yeah, um, sub six uses like you know bands way down in the spectrum they are much uh stronger signal they're more they're low latency they propagate through walls and stuff like mm-hmm. that they're harder to intercept whereas a millimeter wave provides fast speeds super high bandwidth but they're also super easy to disrupt because they're basically like at the microwave level they're very high up and they're short and they um,
1: they need a line of sight they too, need
0: right? line of sight any you know your hand blocking your phone could interrupt <laughs> your signal something like that's why the antenna is so difficult to to install on your yeah. phone because it's it's tricky. Um, but so as someone who sort of like knows there's a difference, I was all out looking on Verizon's like website going like, where can I find millimeter wave specifically? And they don't use that terminology. Right. Like if you're out there, you've got a 5G phone this year and you want to see where you can get service and you're not just like looking at your phone for it. you're out there hunting for it. It's not easy to find. So what I've discovered was that all of 5G, uh, all of Verizon's 5G deployment right now is that. It's millimeter wave. Um, and what they they call it 5G ultra white band.
1: <laughs> okay. I don't
0: know why we had to come out with a whole new name but We need but so okay. many new names. Okay, okay cool. Yeah. Um, other carriers do it differently. Uh, T Mobile has ultra white band, but also has the regular 5G, which, you know, probably means sub six. Um, but anyway, I. Went to a node in Brooklyn because a lot of the other reviewers found this one node, and I was like, "All right." right take so me wait, to wait. It.
1: where is this node? What does it look like? Are you just standing on a street corner somewhere? Man.
0: Yeah, no. This was a cold night in New York, <laughs> and I was I was out walking up and down a block just to see if my signal stayed. Where
1: exactly were you? It was
0: in Greenpoint on this street called Green Street, um, the corner of Green and McGinnis Boulevard. Okay. And it was on the t- rooftop of a kind of like four-story building like a yeah and and i could see that you can see the <laughs> nodes you can see the nodes they're like four you know like stadium lighting uh-huh. but without the lights if that makes sense yeah. but then like they have sort of uh i don't even know how to describe it's just like it it's you know what it's machinery it's of, big mystery. How does it big, compare to like the like current
1: um, cellular antennas we see Biger. around? I so. think
0: they're bigger because I never Whoa. noticed cellular antennas.
1: That's that's going to be kind of wor- like this is just me worrying because it's like we're going to see a lot of these things mm-hmm. because they require line of sight to work yep. correctly. Um, I have seen demonstrations of tech where, like, they can bounce a signal across walls and yep. windows and things like that. But that's – you lose quality when so, you do that. So, so we're going to see a lot of these things everywhere, apparently. Yeah, you
0: have to have a lot of these to maintain a good signal. The sad thing about the experience on 5G anyway is right now there is no 5G uploads. There's only 5G <laughs> downloads. So you will only – yeah. But, okay, well, I'll get to, like, the benefits How of that in a little bit. How dare you
1: say this about America's greatest network, show?
0: Listen, I speak the truth, and what happens is, so for me, I was like, okay, let's test the the strength of the signal, whether interference gets in the way, whether obstructions or like objects in the way will break down the signal. And yeah, it was hilarious. I I walked up and down this one New York City block, and it was like in and out, in and out, in and out. I ducked behind a wall, it went out. I you know there was trees in the way, it went out. Did
1: anybody call the cops but, on you? No. like this woman is on the street acting erratically. I was
0: acting very erratically. I was, like, taking screenshots, taking photos on my phone just to, like, make sure I was proving that I did line-of-sight testing. <laughs> she
1: has a giant device in front of her. Can't with be a phone. Four, it's way too yeah. big.
0: Giant camera bump. <laughs> it says 100 times zoom on the back. Great. No, um, but then I got on the phone with Verizon, and actually it turns out the 5G icon actually only comes on when you're actively downloading something. Over five G, okay. Otherwise, it defaults back to LTE, which I don't know. It seems like a it seems oh, like, kind of makes sense. It like so, does.
1: the the thing we've been hearing over the past few years is that five G will coexist with LTE, right? Mm-hmm. Like LTE yeah, will probably be your baseline uh, connection most of the time. and Then, when you need that bump, you'll move move over to five G or something,
0: right? Yeah. And I mean, that was how we transitioned from three G to like four G as well. But I, I
1: feel like. So 3G right now, if you see 3G on your phone, you just want to throw it away. Yeah. You're like, I have no connection. Yeah. I have nothing. Yeah. Whereas I think we're still going to have to get used to, no, you're just going to be on LTE a lot, probably yeah. most of the time.
0: Right. So the point of saying that was that like it felt as if I was losing signal just because I ducked behind the wall, but it could also be because I wasn't actually actively downloading something or the thing I was downloading was done. So I can't guarantee that that's the real experience in the mm-hmm. world, but that's what I saw. I will say, though, when I did download something over millimeter wave or 5g ultra white band god it was fast like <laughs> so i we have a, a a video that we used to test like a 1.5 gig 4k video mm-hmm. uh, i downloaded that first over lte and it took like 13 minutes then i downloaded
1: in the same area or where a different oh, areas okay. the problem yeah
0: um then i downloaded it over the millimeter wave within like i don't know like 20 steps away from the node and it was 13 seconds okay it's it incredibly fast when
1: you're when you're 13 steps when from the node steps. and nobody else is on the node. Well, yeah,
0: I know. Yeah, yeah, nobody else was probably on the node. Like no one else was using you have it for this, their like, phones. Pure
1: like hook into you know super fiber fast internet and it's all yours.
0: Yes, for now, right for now. And for me, also, I did a speed test and like download speeds were blazing. It was like at least 850 megabits per second, uh, according to the speed test app. And then you know it was just disappointing to see that uploads was like a fraction mm-hmm. of that, but. I mean, I am still hype about millimeter wave 5G. I just think the implementation needs some work. And then yeah. over time, it's going to get better.
1: So, Sherlyn, I think beyond 5G, it's really the camera in yeah. this phone that is the big selling point. Um, Literally is that big. Yeah, big. What is that giant camera bump worth it? Is that 100x zoom real? What's up?
0: So, first of all, yes, you're right. The cameras are the standout feature far and away. Uh, and this one hundred x zoom on the S twenty ultra is something that everyone's talking about because, you know, it makes some people feel iffy. It's
1: right there on the camera. And it Has also to be real. exactly
0: it says it <laughs> says space zoom one hundred X. Space this on this, this box. Wow. Yes, yeah, space zoom is uh Samsung's choice of marketing language for this feature. You cannot zoom into space. Very well, anyway. And
1: <laughs> believe me, I've tried.
0: <laughs> well, I have not. <laughs> I have looked at the night sky. So, what the camera setup on the S20 Ultra is is one, the primary sensor is 108 megapixels. Account. Like, that's the uh-huh. count. I'm not going to say it's sharp because I have issues with that. Uh-huh. Uh, it's also accompanied by a 48 megapixel telephoto lens that can optically zoom up to four times. Because it's folded into this camera bump. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. part of the reason why it's massive and it protrudes from the back of the phone.
1: Yeah, That camera bump almost looks like another phone. It,
0: and that's <laughs> what I wrote like in my review. Phone. Will you stop stealing my words? Um, and there's a ultra wide uh, angle lens of 120 degrees field of view. That's a 12 megapixel mm-hmm. uh, sensor, I believe. Uh, and yeah, those are the three cameras that you get. It's 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 a lot. Right. It's how how much optical
1: do you get? Because like optical 4X 4X. on the
0: on the uh, telephoto 48 MP, but Mm -hmm. hybrid right digital and artificial intelligence uh, gives you up to 100 times on the S20 Ultra and on the S20 and S20 Plus you get 30 times. But obviously the optical zoom is also a little bit less on that one. On those two. Yeah, they use like slightly different glass.
1: So all those specs sound good on paper, but functionally, what do, what does it actually mean for consumers? Like, can you actually get a usable 100x zoom? Because I've seen yeah. some examples. That's um, the biggest problem. It's not, it doesn't seem that great.
0: So let's, okay, let's talk about just the 100x zoom first because mm-hmm. that's like the biggest feature, right? Why, when, okay, setting aside <laughs> the question of when are you ever going to use 100x zoom? Maybe you're at like, you're like me out of looking out of your like window on the 30th floor and trying to see what your friend is doing in their New York City apartment. Sure, maybe. <laughs> your friend. Your friend. Who doesn't
1: know your name. Definitely
0: not your ex or But you watch thing. them every
1: day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know their entire routine. Yeah, that friend.
0: That friend. When you do that, first of all, when you Zoom out, up to as close as 100 times on any camera right. that supports even that. even with
1: like a big DSLR. Yeah. yeah,
0: and you're not using a tripod. The shake is insane. So yeah. any little movement on your hand is magnified in the scene, and you're never able to get a still shot unless you're using a tripod. So if you're buying this phone, I'm hoping you also have a tripod. <laughs> If you're using the 100X If you really
1: zoom. want that 100X zoom. But also it's it's digital zoom. So is it even right. worth it? Right?
0: So then that's what I'm, uh, that's the next thing is that mm-hmm. like at that level, what kind of image are you getting? It's muddy as hell. It's not sharp at all. And again, I'm not asking for the world here. I just want a shot that like maybe is usable. I will be very fair and say that like when I've zoomed into buildings up like to a uh, hundred times, I can see lines. I can see Different colors, well, mm-hmm. but it's splotchy. You see a lot of noise regardless of the amount of yeah. light. Um, I,
1: I'd love to see how this compares to maybe a similar camera um, where you just zoom and crop. Into an image, like to see, uh, Samsung must be doing something else to kind of optimize this image, but I don't, I don't really trust it.
0: Man, I have so many concerns about Samsung software, but we'll get into that in a little bit. That's that's the other thing, right? Image quality is bad. Samsung doesn't have the software chops to pull this off, I think. But I will say that you know, be one hundred times zoom is bad. Don't don't really, you're not going to get a lot of use out of it. But if you drop it down to like 10 times is still okay. Like the quality okay. comes out actually quite nice. And up to 30 times on the S20 Ultra anyway actually looks pretty decent. So, as long as you can like steady your hand or use a tripod, you're going to get good use out of a 30 times zoom on the S20 Ultra. But then then it brings up like a whole other set of questions, which is <laughs> what are you what are you doing with this? A lot of people are creeped out by this. Yeah. I at first was like, "Look, I get it. I get your concerns. This makes it way too easy to like snoop on people." But I did I didn't use it a lot on like people. I just used it on buildings and sure. like trees or animals far away. But then like when one time when we were shooting the review video on like a New York City sidewalk, I looked up and there was a woman in her window, maybe like three or four stories up, and she was talking on the phone. I was like, all right, let's maybe test it out on this one yeah. because there's an actual <laughs> interesting subject in the window. Okay. I zoomed into like five times and her face filled the entire frame. And it felt as if she was staring right at me, but she couldn't have because she didn't really know that I could use that much of a zoom. Maybe
1: she did Or it. maybe she did. Maybe she did. This is like the conversation or something. Okay. But uh, the the modern update of the Francis Ford Coppola movie, The Conversation, will be uh, wild. It, it's your, just smartphones. It's just film just reference. I still don't know what he's talking
0: about. Um, but I will say that like. She might not have known I was looking at her, or she might have known. I don't. I felt so weird about it. I felt super (laughs) weird. I was like, you know what? If I used a hundred times zoom, I could get into her nostrils if I wanted. (laughs) It felt so bad. I stopped. Like I just stopped. And we're not using that footage in our video at all. I'm just using it as a test example. You know, we're not gonna. That was your black mirror
1: moment where you were like, it's it's too
0: real. It's too real. I don't know know what to do. Yeah, it was so scary. I was like, no, this is bad. So I feel like Mm -hmm. yes, there's a lot of fears. Yes, there's a lot of concerns. But most people, hopefully, if they watch the good place, are good enough to not uh, do yeah. bad things. As we've
1: learned over the past couple of years, people are nothing but good when right. it comes to technology and how they you use technology tools. Here's my yeah. thing:
0: people who are awful like that are going to buy the telephoto lens, are going to use some other device anyway. I don't. What I'm, I, I guess, what I'm saying is, I don't blame Samsung for mm-hmm. making this feature. I think that they wanted to prove they could do something technologically impressive. And they were running out of ideas. So let's put a hundred times Zoom. Sure. It's like building a weapon or a tool. Whether it's used for good or bad, it's really up to the person using it. It's whatever. So it's a bigger conversation I think yeah. we're going to have. It
1: does feel like these tech companies are so good at just saying, hey, we're just providing these tools and it could be right. good or bad. But it's like, dude, you're, you know what you're doing when you're giving people, like kids and teenagers and whoever, a 100x Zoom or something that's super Zoomable. I, I, I guess we can't say that these companies should stop, but yeah. I wonder. I also wonder if like that's the most usable thing. Like, I think it's
0: a little yeah. naive. You're right of Samsung to think that no one's going to use this for nefarious reasons. When they were doing it at their keynote and they're demoing it, they show people you know from like across a river sh- zooming into like San Francisco's Golden Gate Bridge right. for a better shot of Alcatraz or something. Sure, that's a sure, I don't know why anyone would want to do that for a low quality vid- uh, picture, but sure, but. Everyone else immediately was like, there are so many ways this could go wrong. And Samsung, yep. I don't know if they just didn't think of that or they were just naive or they just you know wanted a marketing.
1: They just want the biggest. Number. Like I, I honestly think most of these companies just want the biggest numbers out there just yeah. to pretend that they're better than the competition.
0: Speaking of big numbers. Oh, boy. The other big number on this camera is 108 megapixels, which is... <laughs> Insane! It is the primary lens is 108 megapixels. Is it actually
1: 108 megapixels?
0: It is okay. on the sensor, uh, which means these are what either tiny, tiny. They're bigger sensors first uh-huh. of all, but they're also smaller pixels. And um, Samsung also does this thing called Nona binning, which is a fancy way of saying binning nine pixels into one at the sensor level to make them 12 megapixel pictures, but you know with bigger pixels. It's so like
1: th- super sampled. 12-megapixel, basically. So, like, you're getting better quality 12-megapixel pictures compared to something else. This reminds me of something, the Nokia peer peer review stuff, where... They had, what, a 41, 42 yeah. megapixel camera on that thing. I was, I remember being at that Mobile World Congress, and it was just wild. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, most of the time it was downsampled to something more usable like 10 or 12. Exactly.
0: So when I was shooting, I was like, oh, you know, the, the detail I want to get on the picture should look nice. But then, you know, I was noticing some softness in when I zoomed in on a horizon, for example, and it just didn't look that mm-hmm. great. I mean, I will say that low-light quality seems to have improved a lot thanks to these larger pixels, But in general, Samsung's software is incredibly aggressive. It's always been. And, you know, it doesn't help that these cameras come with um, scene optimizer built in and turned on by default. So scene optimizer is this AI tool where your camera or your phone looks at the scene and decides what you're shooting. So food or landscape or whatever. And it'll apply changes (laughs) for you. It'll apply effects for you. So it'll bump up the saturation on food. It'll, you know, change to night mode in low light situations, that sort of thing. None of those helped. So I -hmm. I turned it off because it was just bad. It was affecting the quality of the images. And then when you turn on 108 megapixels, because that's a mode that you have to turn on. You can't just shoot (laughs) at default 108 megapixels which is fine because does those are going be... to start
1: flashing red like you better have extra storage <laughs> exactly. you better be ready for you're this you're going
0: to run out of space sure and also don't expect to take a lot of shots at, at like within a few seconds because the cache clears uh, like it starts to how, like, yeah up. how
1: long does it take to actually take a single photo at one so at
0: 108, not that long but if you're trying to take again a series mm-hmm. of photos then it starts to slow down after i want to say in my experience after five or six that's not bad it's not bad it's the Nokia thing
1: was like it was like a half a second to like almost a full to second save, between right. photos so that that. That was more understandable. Um, Okay, so 5G, not so great. The camera seems like hit or miss for you. So the story of this phone really seems to be a story of big numbers, right? This thing starts at $1,400. Oh, boy, yep. It's very heavy. It's very 222 like, grams. Oh, boy. The a has, has a very large screen with a big mm-hmm. refresh rate. Right.
0: Six point nine inch screen with a 120 hertz refresh rate.
1: How do those all work out, at least from your experience? Like I, I want to see more high refresh rate phones, but I also Agreed. know that's a that is also a big battery Suck. drain as well, yes. especially in something so big.
0: So another big number that we talked about, and to remind you, is five thousand milliamp hours. Is another big number in here. So one hundred and twenty hertz screen is very smooth. It's really nice. A lot of my online activity involves scrolling, Instagram, Twitter, Reddit, whatever. And so those are the experiences that benefit from high refresh rate screens. Samsung has made the first mainstream phone with such a high refresh rate, right? We've seen
1: some ninety hertz. Ninety hertz is Pixel
0: Four. We've got like a like a Sharp phone, and then Razer and Asus have both made one hundred and twenty hertz screens, but those are for gaming phones, right? So this is a first mainstream honestly over some time i got used to it i didn't like it wasn't like my eyes are on like coke. but if
1: you if you go to another like if you go to another screen uh after watching then, 120 hertz like to me what happens is that i start to notice like oh this is this is not smooth right this you is a little, stuttering a stuttery, yeah so like for the, the life where we're just scrolling through timelines i feel like a smooth phone to refresh rate would make a lot of sense, right? Yeah.
0: In my review, I said, like, this is a growing trend. It's not commonplace yet, but it is where we're headed, and it's mm-hmm. nice. The The thing about it is that the drain on battery, I, I don't have, like, a, I tested the battery on uh, 120 hertz refresh rate, uh, which, by the way, only supports uh, 1080p resolution. Okay. This phone can go up to 1440p. Um, but... I got, like, 11 and a half hours, and I was kind of, like, disappointed because I was expecting more, but then I forget that it's, like, twice the refresh rate I was
1: expecting. Yeah. Is there an easy way to swap, like, change refresh rates, like, when you, you're using you the phone?
0: Do, you can do it in the settings. It's not the easiest way, but it's, no. if you know what you're looking for, it's fast.
1: Is it? There's nothing in the drop-down menu?
0: Not in the drop-down menu, no. That, so there's okay. no shortcut. I, w- yeah. I
1: would have liked to see something like that. Maybe
0: okay. eventually. Um. So, yeah, no, that is nice. On the 6.9-inch screen, 120Hz, sure, I, I got... Used mm-hmm. to it, and I. It's not the biggest deal to me.
1: And do you prefer to the and the only other options, right? 1440p yeah. at 60 hertz.
0: At 60 hertz, exactly, okay. or 60 hertz at 1080p as well.
1: But you would um, not do that. You, I, I will say, like 1080p does probably sound a little low for a mm-hmm, phone for this a large, for 6.9 inch exactly. We're we're in a crazy land where people are putting 4K screens in phones, and it's like you you will you don't not see those pixels. Those are need invisible that. pixels. You're just paying extra for them. So you know, relax. I folks, do want to just I, relax.
0: I do want to point out though, like I. I, I, you know, did crap a lot about the weight of this thing. 222 grams is very heavy, but uh-huh. the iPhone 11 Pro Max is 226 grams.
1: Basically half a pound. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, but the iPhone 11 Pro Max has a smaller 6.5-inch screen, yeah. but it's heavier. So, you well, know, it's
1: also more metal. Is this a metal case or plastic?
0: It's metal um i believe and yeah no samsung didn't like spell that out really so i'd have no, this, to
1: ask this feels like so it's a glass back
0: yes a glass back it feels i think there's parts of the frame are metal for sure
1: like they're they usually do like their chromy edges where they're like metal but like i'm looking beneath the glass it's, it looks more it could like be magnesium, a lot something. of like filmmakers
0: yeah. are moving to magnesium mm-hmm. which can feel very mm-hmm. like light as a metal mm-hmm. anyhow it's it's I just want to say that, like, yes, it's heavy, but there are heavier (laughs) phones out there. Not very many. Only the iPhone 11 Pro Max because other phones like the OnePlus 7T or um, even a Pixel 4XL are way lighter.
1: I feel like we need a new word, beyond phablet, because these are really—these are phones with practically tablet-sized screens, you know, and they're so—they're heavier than some small tablets
0: I've I've used
1: back in the day. I don't know. How
0: about the thick— (laughs) <laughs> or or chunksters.
1: Chunkster. Damn. Damn, boy. Damn, boy, he's thick. Boy, that's a thick-ass boy. Damn. So, Sholin, this phone has some of the most powerful cameras we've mm-hmm. ever seen, one of the fastest screens we've ever seen. It is, it is incredible in many ways. It's also, yeah, starting at $1,400. I just, I am starting to wonder who will buy these things like i could see people paying a little more for like the z flip because you got a little bit of uh something new and interesting there this is just a big big phone
0: it's so nice of you to bring up the Z Flip, which costs $20 less <laughs> than this thing. And I actually feel like I would pay more for the Z Flip than this. But I think bear in mind that people don't necessarily pay upfront for phones anymore. So sure. that $1,400 number is big, but it's not what people you're are going to You're still see. paying
1: that money, folks. Like, yeah, yeah, I know it's not upfront. I know you'll yeah. be paying in monthly installments or something, but yeah. you are, you're still paying that money. Yeah. So oh, yeah. if we
0: break it down into like 12 months, it's like $110-ish. Or two dollars. years, which yeah. seems like
1: the the more typical it, Two years thing. is yeah.
0: more typical, but let's, let's just... Compare Pair, that's 120 ish to like say the $900 phone. It's I can't math that hard, but like <laughs> less than 100. So, so you're jumping from double digit to a triple digit monthly payment on 12 months. So, that's not fun. Um, it is very expensive. I,
1: it just doesn't seem like I don't quite know who this phone is for
0: exactly because
1: like I, people will pay more for a giant Apple phone. That makes sense to, and I, I criticize them for how far they go because I think the, the, the 11. Pro Max is just way too heavy and way yes, too big. Yes, um, but it also yeah.
0: starts like a little bit cheaper than this. It
1: does. Guy, though. <laughs> it does start a little cheaper. So it just feel like Samsung is pushing things to crazy degree when I, it comes to the pricing. Yeah.
0: I mean, um, um, I don't, I don't agree with people who pay a lot for an iPhone, but then that's kind of the crowd. The iPhone people uh-huh. are somehow just a little bit snobbier about it, and that's fine. I don't. You can't I, say that. Experience. You can't say experience. that when
1: Samsung, though, is throwing out these, these, crazy, these crazy, expensive devices. phones.
0: You're right. And it is very expensive. I don't know that, like, Samsung could price it any lower for this phone unless sure. it started at a lower point for the S20 itself, which actually starts at 999 a $1,000. Uh, they should have started that lower so that they could keep this within a reasonable range, but they didn't. Yeah. And you know what? I, I mm-hmm. don't know. I, don't, I can't justify it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I will say uh, this phone doesn't seem like a must-buy right now. I don't know if any of the S20 models seem like something worth upgrading to at this point. What is interesting, though, is that this year, if you want a new Android phone... You have a lot of choices. And maybe <laughs> maybe you could just go buy um, you know, buy buy an S ten. Or buy so, last year's devices absolutely. And, at a much better price.
0: Absolutely. So Samsung for the first time this year broke tradition and you know, dropped the price of the S ten and it's going to keep selling it. Um and it starts with the S ten E at five ninety nine. That's six hundred dollars. You could buy two S ten E's with the price of one S twenty ultra. Sure. So that's ridiculous. And that
1: seems like enough phone for most people. One thing we we haven't really talked about like the RAM we're seeing in these phones so too, the, but yeah. how much how much is in the Ultra?
0: There's 12 gigs of RAM on the Ultra. 12
1: gigs of that's RAM. Fine. That is more RAM than most people have in their PCs. Like yeah. that is weird. This is a crazy inflection point that we're coming to where these tiny little devices are sucking up so much memory. It's just wild to me. Like I feel like when I recommend a PC, especially a Windows laptop, 8 gigabytes, not ideal, but that's a good baseline. You could do a lot of work you with that. You can use gigs, yeah. that. You need at least 8 gigs. I like 16 gigs to be future-proof, but now we're getting phones with 12 gigabytes of RAM. Next year, probably 16 gigabytes. It's just, it's wild.
0: I think Samsung wants you to think of the Ultra maybe as a bit more than just a phone, and that's why the 12 gigs of RAM comes in, because there's there's this thing that they have that I don't like called DeX. It's basically desktop (laughs) operating software for this Android phone, which, you know, good luck. I don't. They See. keep trying. They, they keep, keep trying. trying every time I, I right wrote
1: a, I wrote a think piece about how dumb all those things are. I know you guys think I'm probably a bit of a naysayer, <laughs> but I do think um, no, I don't. The whole thing of using your phones as a desktop is is dumb, to dumb, dumb, dumb. <laughs> it is it is so dumb because you're like you're putting your the device you use most in the world that you rely on most, attaching it to a TV and uh, you know using an interface that is it's not really meant for. And when you get a call, if you want to do other phone stuff, it's, everything's a lot more difficult. Um, just, just get a cheap laptop. Come on. Now, before we wrap up on all of this, uh, the fun Galaxy S20 Ultra stuff, I do want to point something out. During the last episode, Trillin, I heard you complaining that Samsung was making too many phones. And I thought to myself, I was going crazy. Because that is an argument I made several episodes ago. And Trillin was so quick to come in and defend Samsung and be like, no, Samsung doesn't do that. They only have a couple phones. What What the hell happened, Trillin?
0: What the hell happened was Samsung decided to keep the S10 line in the running, and now it added three phones to its portfolio, in addition to the Z Flip and the Galaxy Fold. So that's a hell of a lot of phones. That's a lot more, but... It- even and before, even
1: before that, they had too many phones.
0: They they had a lot of phones before that, yeah. but I don't want to. Cons- I don't even in the story that I eventually did write, I didn't consider any of the like mid-range down phones. Right, like I included the A series, but like none of their very budget phones. Maybe
1: the budget phones, no, but the A series. I think a lot of people consider those things. They're yeah. so, they're usable. Yeah. yeah. So
0: I I have an admission. <laughs> I have a confession. I definitely stole the Avengers' idea for a story. Definitely, yeah. I was like, listen. Yeah. and
1: then I then I saw a story <laughs> pop up on Engad. <laughs> with the headline <laughs>
0: Samsung makes too many damn phones and the rent like, is
1: too damn high yeah like mm-hmm. okay Shirley it's not like yeah. you
0: haven't stolen my ideas boo um
1: <laughs> <laughs> mainly to like hold them up and to see how bad they are
0: wow yeah but no yeah definitely that that you gave me inspiration <laughs> for a follow that I needed to pitch and I was like. Yeah, it, it kinda of wrote yeah, itself. No, really. it works.
1: It works. Like and those are the best follow up stories where it's like, guys, the the logic is just falling into place here. Like this yeah. is this is insane. It so, wrote itself. Anyway, it's We'll see how Samsung does this year. Um any takeaways from you, Sherlin? Like what would your recommendation be for somebody looking for a Samsung phone this year? Do should they look at any of the S twenties?
0: Because my mom is going to ask yep. me for sure. What do you tell your mom? <sighs>
1: my mom is always asking me this. When she has any questions. Yeah, you know? exactly. My
0: mom, first of all, will ask me why her photos on her phone look blurry <laughs> on a video call by putting <laughs> the phone up to the webcam and be like, why is this so blurry? I'm Listen, like, mom, I can't that, tell.
1: That makes sense. <laughs> she has a webcam. She should be. She's talking to you. Come on.
0: Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. So my mom is a Samsung user. And has asked me every year if she should upgrade A lot of my friends do, too, in Singapore. And this year, I want to say if you have an S9 or an S8, actually, uh-huh. upgrade to the S10. Yeah. But if you already have an S10... Um and your biggest gripe is something like battery life or something like uh, low light image quality. Is that really a
1: gripe though? Because those were really good. Yeah, but over last time, year.
0: that's the reason I think okay. most people upgrade their phones is their batteries are just dying and degrading over time. Sure. So if you want just that refresh, that whole like fresh new phone feeling, get get <laughs> yeah get the S twenty. But the S twenty Ultra, I really don't see a lot of people enjoying it, except for if you really wanted that huge screen. I think that's the biggest and the best reason to buy that phone um because everything else you can really get on the smaller S20s but even the S20 plus is big enough I think uh-huh. for someone who wants something big this is just so heavy I don't I don't know uh, I can't think of any when reason When you really to want to beat somebody to soon. death with your phone that's that what the S20 Ultra mm-hmm. is for That too. I yeah. I want to beat you Devin.
1: In other news, it seems like we're just going to be following the coronavirus uh, every week for the foreseeable future, mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of terrifying. Sony and Facebook have dropped out of GDC, the Game Developers Conference, and uh, you know that's something happening in March. It is it's all very soon; it's a very international event, so I can understand why they took that precaution. Um,
0: yeah, Sony is also like one of the biggest names, right, at yeah. GDC because PlayStation stuff. Um, Facebook also is a huge name, so. I'm pretty sure a lot of momentum's dipped Mm -hmm. then for this event.
1: And I don't want to sound too callous here. Like, this is a global pandemic, basically. So this is all very terrifying. Um, Be safe, everybody. Um, From our perspective, we're just wondering, like, what this also means for the work we're doing. So looking ahead to, like, E3, which is also a very big international event, that's... uh, That's more in the middle of the year, but certainly something where I could see people backing out. And companies have already been backing out of E3 Mm -hmm. just on on principle. So maybe there isn't much left there. We're still wondering about our Computex work, like what that's going to be. Will Taiwan be okay by May? It is all it's all really scary. And
0: um, not just that the impact of this uh, coronavirus actually has been substantial on tech, too, because all the companies had their earnings uh, reports this past week or so. And everyone's posting, you know, like being very cautious about uh, upcoming profits or sales even due to the coronavirus, because, yeah, people are just not going to go out and buy things anymore. People are afraid of buying things from China, maybe. Uh, I think China was reported to maybe not be able to buy like what about 80 billion dollars of agriculture stuff from the u.s like it was expected to the economy is going to take a huge hit and it's scary hey what about happier news? Uh, we got some pretty good news also, right this week.
1: Uh, you mean about Clearview AI, <laughs> yes. that terrifying facial recognition hey, company we talked about? Slightly
0: happier, right? Slightly
1: happier. No, no, <laughs> they uh, their data was hacked. Their full client list was stolen by a hacker, and uh, they also know like what type of services those uh, those clients use from Clearview, and Oy. it is. You know, go back and listen to our episode about Clearview. This is a company that's basically created the most powerful facial recognition algorithm ever. It's already been used by law enforcement. It has the potential to destroy privacy forever. Here's a statement from an attorney for the company. Security... It's Clearview's top priority. Yeah, right. Unfortunately, data breaches are part of a life in the 21st century.
0: Oh, my God. Our
1: servers are we're never accessed. We patch the flaw and continue to work to strengthen our security. I love... This is the lawyer for this company. This, Yeah, I, we're going to follow this company. Breaches are a
0: part of life?
1: Just deal with it.
0: Literally, he, this is like the yeah. or something moment that we had. Like, put two. on
1: his sunglasses oh, and yeah. said, deal with it.
0: Ah, the CSI sound. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're rocking out over here. I have been testing out Ultimate Ears Hyperboom, which is a big ass speaker. That's the best way I can explain it. It is, it is as
0: a, big as a Galaxy S20 Ultra. <laughs>
1: almost. <laughs> it is a $400 13-pound party uh, party speaker, and, um, you know, it's is—it's basically a larger version of the, like, the UE boom and the mega boom and all those things we've seen from Ultimate Ears, which is a Logitech outfit. Uh, I really like their speakers. I think they're building the best sounding and best quality Bluetooth speakers, so to see them jump into this, like, bigger arena, this is something we don't really talk about that much, but... People need big speakers to, like, bring to a picnic party yep. or to bring to, like, honestly, just have a dance party or something. Like, to actually drive a party, a little U-E-Boom, it's super convenient and sounds good. It's probably not going to be enough for, These like, 50 sound. people or something. You need something big and thunkin'. So if you go to Best Buy, you will see a lot of, like, large Bluetooth speakers that basically do this. They're loudspeakers. Some are, like, combination karaoke speakers. Um, this is... Ultimate Ear's first attempt at making a very big speaker, and it's is—it's great. It sounds good. It has a really nice sense of presence. You know, I I used it uh, in my office, Uh, even at max volume. This thing will blast out air. It shakes my floors and my walls, and it's still, like, vaguely portable. It's 13 pounds. Like, you Hmm. can bring this out and about wherever you need to. It has about 24 hours of battery life, although if you're pumping it at max, which is probably too loud for most people, at max it'll go for like 3 hours. But I think regular listening for around 24 hours is pretty good. It is waterproof. It is, you know, very it's built to withstand a lot of abuse and being outdoors. So I think for a lot of people this could be their perfect like backyard speaker. How much does it speaker. cost? It's 400 bucks. Okay. But It has a wealth of connections. It has two blue. It can take two Bluetooth connections. Mm. You can pair one while the music is still playing, which I think is super useful. It has AUX. Int. It has a it has a three and a half millimeter jack. It has an optical audio port, which is sort of like as much as I love AUX. I feel like optical is like the digital equivalent of let's like yeah, you could it's pure digital quality, man. You could (laughs) plug in anything. You could plug in your TV. You could plug in your game console. This thing also could effectively be a soundbar. I think Mm -hmm. in for somebody. So I think for a lot of people, this could be the one speaker you own that you could just do a ton of stuff with. So I'm really digging it. Um, I hope I'll have time for full review but for right now i'm just super positive it is i love ultimate ears and i'm glad that they're like sticking with this stuff and really pushing things forward so
0: i guess you're hosting the next backyard party then yeah when we're i get a backyard yeah or or we're just gonna party in your house come to
1: prospect park and we'll just party At by a the lake yeah, yeah. A picnic
0: party uh i am working on a little a lot of like miscellaneous things i'm currently still wrapping up the galaxy s20 ultra review uh but that should be up by the time this podcast drops Uh, The next week is full of MWC briefings that I would have been taking in Barcelona had it not been canceled. So lots of – expect a bunch of hands-ons and news about devices you might have seen at the show. There's also a lot of random fitness events. I guess people are trying to get me to (laughs) be more healthy or active, which is great. Um, Yeah. (laughs) A lot of miscellaneous things you will see on the site soon. Things are
1: coming. Yeah. And we are prepping for South by. We're not too worried about coronavirus there yet. Like, that, that is the thing. Everyone's thinking about it. It is so local, seems it's like, mainly like yeah. US focused. Domestic like travel, hopefully, will we'll be okay. okay. Yeah. Now, let's move on to our picks uh, the fun stuff that's helping us stay sane in this global pandemic. <laughs> I've been watching Alex Garland's Devs, which is oh. an upcoming show. It's going to be on Hulu on March 5th. I love Alex Garland, uh the writer and director of Ex Machina. Mm-hmm. Um he adapted Annihilation, which mm-hmm. is a tremendous movie. I mean, and he's also worked with Danny Boyle quite a bit uh, mm-hmm. back in the day like they did uh what was it? I think both 28 Days Later and Sunshine together. Like so him. like, you know, he he's a really talented guy and a really smart guy. I blew through this entire thing in a couple of days. And in Devs, he is looking at Silicon Valley and he's exploring a company that has basically um, hit a milestone in quantum computing. I'm not going to spoil too much about this, uh, but this tech company has basically deconstructed the algorithm of reality. Like that's that's basically it. Huh. They have proved that the world can be deterministic. So their algorithm can view events in the past because they can Ooh. decode how things have happened. They can view events in the future. Ooh. And this is a tremendous power that is now being held by you know this tech company, this very secretive tech company, and the CEO who's dealing with the loss of his daughter, uh, played by Nick Offerman. He is fantastic in this show. So he is, yeah. Wow. He, this show it it goes to some really interesting places. It really questions ideas of free will and determinism. Um, several years ago, when we were covering Ex Machina, I had a great sit down chat yep. with Alex Garland. So go check out that interview. Um, we're hopefully going to get to talk with him at South by and maybe get something for the podcast. You know. Th- it's a really interesting show because it's asking some deep questions. To me, it seems to be taking, you know, some philosophical questions beyond what The Matrix gave us, right? I was like, going to say, it sounded exactly than, like The Matrix. More than, you know, we're living in a simulation. And yes. what could that mean? It's more like, hey, guys, like, yeah, what if we what if we did this today? And what if it was somebody like Mark Zuckerberg who had cracked this code? And what does that mean for our understanding of reality? What does it mean for religion? How do you live your life when you when know you, everything when you, yeah when you know everything is predetermined it asks some really interesting questions so i'm i'm really digging it it has a great style to it and an amazing score where can i watch it's it for good. it's on me on hulu on okay. march 5th
0: okay I, I this is one of your picks that i actually want to like watch so <laughs> actually, good
1: for you Divindra. let me i'm i need to make a list here because Shirlin <laughs> keeps watching my picks and being That's like i love them so much like <laughs> the good place <laughs> only the good place only the good place only
0: the good place or maybe watchmen mm-hmm. <laughs> i meanwhile have not I mean, it, I, I guess not a lot is giving me joy, <laughs> and so I don't have something to say that's giving me joy. Um, but I did plug in a robot vacuum to my home for the very first time like recently and watched it just go name and clean things up. Not yet. Not okay. yet. Because uh, I'm not sure that I got the best one, and I think I want to return it and get a better one. Which one did you get? I got a Roborock. What? Um, I know it's just one of the cheaper ones, but no. I should try it. I mean even as a budget one I think there's other options. There for are a me. lot of
1: good ones. I, I'm sure there Yeah. I want to get
0: the Holy Grail which is the uh i room the Roomba uh i9 plus I think cuz it's I don't I don't, think,
1: I don't think most people need that. I think a mid-range Roomba will mm-hmm, probably mm-hmm. suit you quite well. The i9 plus is like the the newer Roomba that can both um it just cleans a little better and it can like uh, self like right. empty its empty dustpan it's, too. Yeah. Yeah, those are cool things. I reviewed the i7 Mm -hmm. um, back in the day, a couple years ago. I don't know how necessary that is. And also, you you live in a tiny studio apartment. I know, apartment. You but don't, I'm fastidious about my
0: cleanliness. Like, I really, I'm kind of upset that my robo-vac that I tried recently didn't get in all the corners. They're I'll not going in.
1: That's a thing, too. Like, robo-vacuums, they're great as, like, it, just go clean my floors, please. But, yeah, you still got to get the corners. You still have yourself, to, like, get yeah. some stuff, yeah.
0: I might want a robo-mop, but we'll, we'll yeah. Same anyway, deal, same but deal. But if, yeah. if you're someone who wants a little bit more, you know, tidiness to your life, Marie Kondo-ish to your life and want to relegate those duties to a robot instead of yourself i mean maybe a robovac is your is something you should look into and that's it for the show this week everyone thank you as always for listening our theme music is by game composer dale north our outro music is by our very own terence o'brien the podcast is produced by ben elman you can find Devendra online at
1: at davindra and i podcast about movies and tv at the slash film cast at slash film.com we just reviewed sonic the hedgehog so go check that out
0: if you want to tell me all about your robovac adventures i am on twitter at Sherlyn low email us at podcasting leave us a review on itunes and subscribe on any platform that gets podcasts including spotify and come back next week for a brand new episode Can I straight up say no to this Take Your Child to Work Day invite? Like, are you bringing Sophia? If you are, I might.
1: No, I should have been like, uh, I guess we won't bring Trillin to work. Oh! <laughs> <laughs>